Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Behind the Knife, the surgery podcast. Relevant and engaging content designed to help you dominate the day. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Knife. Today we want to start by introducing our newest premium product, the Vascular Surgery Oral Board Review Course. We received such great feedback on our General Surgery Oral Board Review Course and the Vascular Surgery Oral Board Review book that we thought we would create a course for those preparing for the Vascular Certifying Exam. Over the next few minutes, we're going to take you through a breakdown of how this course was created and how it is structured to help you succeed. So Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about the strategy we used while making the content for this course? Yeah, Kevin, it's pretty simple. We started with the V-Score curriculum, which has all the clinical topics and operations that are testable on the certifying exam. We then enlisted the help of two other board-certified vascular surgeons to help develop scenarios based on the curriculum. All of us work in different practice types and worked on scenarios based on our areas of expertise. So every scenario covers the workup, diagnosis, surgical description, and complication management of all the core topics that can be tested on your exam day. Each of the 72 scenarios in our course are recorded by two individuals who are familiar with the material. So they serve as a demonstration of the ideal back and forth between you and the examiner on test day. The key to succeeding on any certifying examination is remembering that you're being tested on being a competent and safe surgeon, not your knowledge of every minute detail. All the scenarios in our course are accompanied by commentary explaining the thought process behind the answers and workup as well as some additional insight and test-taking pearls. Finally, by preparing with our course, we believe you'll find success come exam day. It's important to remember that the unique scenarios you are tested on during your certifying exam experience are meant for your eyes and ears only, and should never be posted or discussed outside of the examination room. We can assure you that none of the content in this course was taken from any prior American Board of Surgery examination and was created by us in an attempt to educate future generations of surgeons. Thanks again for your time and trust in us, and together we're ready to dominate the day. Now let's get to our first case. Behind the Knife Premium Case 51, Vascular Injury to the Lower Extremity A 40-year-old man presents to the emergency department as a trauma activation after suffering a left posterior knee dislocation when he was tackled playing rugby. He was transported via ambulance from a rural area, and it's been about three hours since the injury. On arrival, he was noted to have an obvious leg deformity and absent pedal pulses. How would you proceed? Well, I would start with an ATLS survey, a medical history, and then I would perform a physical exam that would include the heart, lungs, neuromotor extremity exam, and a peripheral vascular exam. 
He has no significant past medical or surgical history. There are no other injuries, and there is an obvious left leg deformity. However, motor and sensation are intact. The right lower extremity vascular exam is normal, but on the left, only the femoral artery is palpable. The left foot only has monophasic pedal signals. What would you do next? I would start by asking orthopedic surgery to reduce the knee in the trauma bay, and then I would repeat the left lower extremity vascular exam to see if there was a return of pulses or not. Orthopedic surgery is unable to reduce his knee, and they want to take the patient to the operating room emergently. Based on the clinical presentation and physical exam, what do you think is going on, and what would you like to do about it? Well, I'm concerned for a blunt vascular injury to the left popliteal artery and his prolonged ischemic time to the leg and the foot. I would ensure the patient is placed on a radiolucent table and that the abdomen and bilateral lower extremities are prepped into the field. After reduction of the knee, I would heparinize the patient and repeat the vascular exam and plan for a diagnostic left lower extremity angiogram. Under anesthesia, they're able to reduce the knee, but there is no improvement in the pulse exam. The angiogram shows a focal occlusion of the popliteal artery at the tibial plateau with reconstitution of the distal popliteal artery with three-vessel tibial runoff. What would you do since it's now been four hours after the initial injury? Well, before the patient is placed in external fixation, I would plan for an above-the-knee popliteal artery to below-the-knee popliteal artery bypass with a reverse contralateral greater saphenous vein, and then I would perform prophylactic four-compartment fasciotomies on the left leg due to his ischemia time. Okay, describe that procedure. I would plan to make a longitudinal incision on the medial thigh and to expose the above-knee popliteal artery. I would sweep the sartorius muscle down. I would make a separate longitudinal incision on the medial leg about one finger breadth posterior to the tibia to expose the below-knee popliteal artery. I would plan to harvest and prepare the contralateral greater saphenous vein, then place it in vein solution. I would confirm that the patient was adequately heparinized with an ACT greater than 250 seconds. I would plan to make an arteriotomy in the above-knee popliteal artery. I would reverse the greater saphenous vein, spatulate the end of the vein to match the arteriotomy, and perform an intestine anastomosis using 6-oproline suture. I would plan to ligate the artery distal to the proximal anastomosis. I would then tunnel the marked and pressurized greater saphenous vein anatomically behind the knee and perform an end-to-end anastomosis to the below-knee popliteal artery using 6-oproline suture. I would also ligate the artery proximal to that distal anastomosis. I would then check for pulses and perform a completion angiogram. And lastly, I would perform prophylactic two-incision four-compartment fasciotomies of the lower leg. I would then perform a pulse exam before and after external fixation by the orthopedic surgery team. So after the revascularization, there's inline flow to the foot on angiogram, and there are palpable pedal pulses. After the external fixator is applied, however, the patient loses pulses. What's your next step? Well, I would plan to shoot another angiogram to evaluate for any technical defect or possibly a kink in the graft. So on angiogram, there is a kink in the middle of the graft. How would you address this? 
I would have them remove the external fixator first. I would then take down my distal anastomosis and stretch the vein graft to length, assuming that it was just a little too long, and redo the distal anastomosis. I would then have them reapply the external fixator, shoot another angiogram, and check for distal pulses to confirm the issue has been resolved. So on repeat angiogram, there's no residual kink in the graft with quick washout and flow into the foot. The patient now has palpable pedal pulses again. How would you follow this patient up? I would plan to initiate aspirin therapy and continue neuromotor and vascular checks every hour and then treat the fasciotomies with wet-to-dry dressings and external compression wraps. All right, let's change the scenario. What if it was a 30-year-old man who presented with a pulseless left foot after a gunshot wound to the left thigh? He's hemodynamically stable. However, the left thigh is tense. I would again uh, plan to begin with an ATLS survey, a quick medical history, and then determine the time of the injury. And then I would plan to perform a neuromotor and peripheral vascular exam of the extremities. There are no other injuries and no fractures seen on plain film x-ray. There's no significant past medical or surgical history, and the injury occurred six hours ago. The right lower extremity pulses are palpable. On the left, the femoral pulse is palpable. However, there are no distal pedal pulses or Doppler signals. The left foot is cold with motor and sensory loss. What would you do next? Well, it sounds like there are hard signs of a vascular injury, so I would plan to proceed directly to the operating room for exploration and revascularization. So you'd go straight to the OR? You wouldn't order a CTA before going? No, I don't think um, a CTA is necessary. You know, with an isolated injury, preoperative imaging would just delay revascularization and may lead to limb loss. If needed, I would perform an intraoperative angiogram instead. Okay, so you go to the operating room. Walk me through your operation. I would widely prep the abdomen and bilateral lower extremities. I would plan to expose and control the left femoral vessels in the groin as well as above the knee popliteal artery. And I would then begin to explore the thigh to identify the location of the vascular injury. So you do this and find that the SFA is completely transected and the femoral vein is intact, but it's thrombosed. What would you do with these findings? Well, after ensuring adequate heparinization with an ACT greater than 250 seconds, I would plan to pass embolectomy balloon catheters proximally and distally in the SFA to restore forward and back bleeding and then place and secure a shunt. I would make a transverse venotomy in the common femoral vein and use an S-mark wrap to express any distal venous clot. I would then pass embolectomy balloon catheters proximally in the vein and then close the defect in the vein. At this point, I would check for pedal Doppler signals and for phasic flow in the vein. So you were able to successfully place an arterial shunt to restore a posterior tibial artery signal, as well as return phasic flow to the femoral vein. What would you do next? Next, I would plan to harvest and reverse a segment of the right greater saphenous vein. I would then debride the artery back to healthy tissue and perform an interposition bypass of the SFA. Afterwards, I would shoot a completion angiogram from the left common femoral artery. So on angiogram, the repair is patent, but the flow through the posterior tibial artery is sluggish. How do you interpret this finding? It is possible that there is already some reperfusion injury to the left leg compartment, so I would plan to perform two incision, four compartment fasciotomies, and then repeat the angiogram. 
So after you do this, the flow is now brisk into the foot. What would you do next? Next, I would close the surgical incisions. I would plan to leave the fasciotomy sites open with wet-to-dry dressings. I would then continue the patient on a therapeutic heparin drip and follow the neuromotor and vascular exams in the ICU hourly. Why did you treat the femoral and popliteal vein thrombus? Well, treating the venous thrombosis in conjunction with the arterial transection improves the venous outflow of the revascularized leg. So treating the arterial injury alone may lead to complicated venous hypertension and potentially limb loss. Be sure to listen to Part B for high-yield commentary and other tips and tricks. Behind the Knife Premium. Case 51, vascular injury to the lower extremity. A 40-year-old man presents to the emergency department as a trauma activation after suffering a left posterior knee dislocation when he was tackled playing rugby. He was transported via ambulance from a rural area, and it's been about three hours since the injury. On arrival, he was noted to have an obvious leg deformity and absent pedal pulses. How would you proceed? Well, I would start with an ATLS survey, a medical history, and then I would perform a physical exam that would include the heart, lungs, neuromotor extremity exam, and a peripheral vascular exam. The general principles of surgical trauma apply even on the vascular surgery certifying exam. ATLS and the principles within should be briefly mentioned when you're asked to consult on a trauma activation. This patient has a blunt injury to the lower extremity with absent distal pulses. A baseline neuromotor and perfusion assessment pre and post reduction of the injury will guide the management of this patient. The timeline of the injury is also important to understand the degree of limb ischemia and guide further management. He has no significant past medical or surgical history. There are no other injuries and there is an obvious left leg deformity. However, motor and sensation are intact. The right lower extremity vascular exam is normal, but on the left, only the femoral artery is palpable. The left foot only has monophasic pedal signals. What would you do next? I would start by asking orthopedic surgery to reduce the knee in the trauma bay, and then I would repeat the left lower extremity vascular exam to see if there was a return of pulses or not. Orthopedic surgery is unable to reduce his knee, and they want to take the patient to the operating room emergently. Based on the clinical presentation and physical exam, what do you think is going on, and what would you like to do about it? Well, I'm concerned for a blunt vascular injury to the left popliteal artery and his prolonged ischemic time to the leg and the foot. I would ensure the patient is placed on a radiolucent table and that the abdomen and bilateral lower extremities are prepped into the field. After reduction of the knee, I would heparinize the patient and repeat the vascular exam and plan for a diagnostic left lower extremity angiogram. The distal superficial femoral artery and the proximal popliteal artery have significant capacity to compensate for the forces placed upon it during knee flexion. However, the artery is susceptible to injury when it's placed under substantial stretch, such as an extreme knee hyperextension or with high-velocity injuries that lead to distal femoral fractures or tibial plateau fractures. 
the location of the artery and its anatomic relationship to the femoral condyles and the tibial plateau often causes a tear in the intima that leads to a dissection flap that must be diagnosed and managed surgically to restore distal perfusion. Under anesthesia, they're able to reduce the knee, but there is no improvement in the pulse exam. The angiogram shows a focal occlusion of the popliteal artery at the tibial plateau, with reconstitution of the distal popliteal artery with three-vessel tibial runoff. What would you do since it's now been four hours after the initial injury? Well, before the patient is placed in external fixation, I would plan for an above-the-knee popliteal artery to below-the-knee popliteal artery bypass with a reverse contralateral greater saphenous vein, and then I would perform prophylactic four-compartment fasciotomies on the left leg due to his ischemia time. Okay, describe that procedure. I would plan to make a longitudinal incision on the medial thigh and to expose the above-knee popliteal artery. I would sweep the sartorius muscle down. I would make a separate longitudinal incision on the medial leg about one finger breadth posterior to the tibia to expose the below-knee popliteal artery. I would plan to harvest and prepare the contralateral greater saphenous vein, then place it in vein solution. I would confirm that the patient was adequately heparinized with an ACT greater than 250 seconds. I would plan to make an arteriotomy in the above-knee popliteal artery. I would reverse the greater saphenous vein, spatulate the end of the vein to match the arteriotomy, and perform an intestine anastomosis using 6-oproline suture. I would plan to ligate the artery distal to the proximal anastomosis. I would then tunnel the marked and pressurized greater saphenous vein anatomically behind the knee and perform an end-to-end anastomosis to the below-knee palpiteal artery using 6-oproline suture. I would also ligate the artery proximal to that distal anastomosis. I would then check for pulses and perform a completion angiogram. And lastly, I would perform prophylactic two-incision four-compartment fasciotomies of the lower leg. I would then perform a pulse exam before and after external fixation by the orthopedic surgery team. Surgical exposure of the injured segment for intraluminal exploration and repair is quite difficult from a medial approach, as it often necessitates taking down the attachments of the pes anserinus. However, often the most expedient and less morbid approach is interval exclusion of the injury and bypass from the above the knee to below the knee with interval ligation. It's important to ligate the artery distal to the proximal anastomosis and proximal to the distal anastomosis to avoid competitive flow as the artery heals. A posterior approach to this injury is possible, but it limits options for autologous repair as harvesting contralateral saphenous vein while the patient is prone is difficult and ill-advised to describe on the oral board exam. So after the revascularization, there's inline flow to the foot on angiogram, and there are palpable pedal pulses. After the external fixator is applied, however, the patient loses pulses. What's your next step? Well, I plan to shoot another angiogram to evaluate for any technical defect or possibly a kink in the graft. So on angiogram, there is a kink in the middle of the graft. How would you address this? I would have them remove the external fixator first. I would then take down my distal anastomosis and stretch the vein graft to length, assuming that it was just a little too long, and redo the distal anastomosis. 
I would then have them reapply the external fixator, shoot another angiogram, and check for distal pulses to confirm the issue has been resolved. This is always a topic of contention when deciding which service operates on which problem first. In this scenario, as is usually the case, the knee is reduced, then the vascular surgeon restores distal perfusion, followed by external fixation immobilization by orthopedics. As the joint is unstable, bypass conduit length may be compromised. You should discuss that interval exam of the extremity and repair should be performed after the limb is immobilized prior to leaving the operating room. In some circumstances, an external fixator can be placed prior to your bypass and kept lateral in order to allow you working room to perform the bypass. So on repeat angiogram, there is no residual kink in the graft with quick washout and flow into the foot. The patient now has palpable pedal pulses again. How would you follow this patient up? I would plan to initiate aspirin therapy and continue neuromotor and vascular checks every hour and then treat the fasciotomies with wet-to-dry dressings and external compression wraps. All right, let's change the scenario. What if it was a 30-year-old man who presented with a pulseless left foot after a gunshot wound to the left thigh? He's hemodynamically stable, However, the left thigh is tense. I would again uh, plan to begin with an ATLS survey, a quick medical history, and then determine the time of the injury. And then I would plan to perform a neuromotor and peripheral vascular exam of the extremities. There are no other injuries and no fractures seen on plain film x-ray. There's no significant past medical or surgical history and the injury occurred six hours ago. The right lower extremity pulses are palpable. On the left, the femoral pulse is palpable. However, there are no distal pedal pulses or Doppler signals. The left foot is cold with motor and sensory loss. What would you do next? Well, it sounds like there are hard signs of a vascular injury, so I would plan to proceed directly to the operating room for exploration and revascularization. So you'd go straight to the OR? You wouldn't order a CTA before going? No, I don't think um, a CTA is necessary. You know, with an isolated injury, preoperative imaging would just delay revascularization and may lead to limb loss. If needed, I would perform an intraoperative angiogram instead. Although the availability of cross-sectional imaging is relatively available and often performed, hard signs of vascular trauma with imminent limb-threatening ischemia should push you towards intraoperative diagnostic modalities. The basic tenets of vascular surgery apply to trauma revascularization and include inflow, outflow, and conduit. The error would be to dive directly into your area of concern without controlling the inflow and outflow as best you can. This will demonstrate that you understand the concepts of hemorrhage control and revascularization to the examiner. Okay, so you go to the operating room. Walk me through your operation. I would widely prep the abdomen and bilateral lower extremities. I would plan to expose and control the left femoral vessels in the groin, as well as above the knee popliteal artery. And I would then begin to explore the thigh to identify the location of the vascular injury. So you do this and find that the SFA is completely transected and the femoral vein is intact, but it's thrombosed. What would you do with these findings? 
Well, after ensuring adequate heparinization with an ACT greater than 250 seconds, I would plan to pass embolectomy balloon catheters proximally and distally in the SFA to restore forward and back bleeding and then place and secure a shunt. I would make a transverse venotomy in the common femoral vein and use an S-mark wrap to express any distal venous clot. I would then pass embolectomy balloon catheters proximally in the vein and then close the defect in the vein. At this point, I would check for pedal Doppler signals and for phasic flow in the vein. So you were able to successfully place an arterial shunt to restore a posterior tibial artery signal, as well as return phasic flow to the femoral vein. What would you do next? Next, I would plan to harvest and reverse a segment of the right greater saphenous vein. I would then debride the artery back to healthy tissue and perform an interposition bypass of the SFA. Afterwards, I would shoot a completion angiogram from the left common femoral artery. So on angiogram, the repair is patent, but the flow through the posterior tibial artery is sluggish. How do you interpret this finding? It is possible that there is already some reperfusion injury to the left leg compartment, so I would plan to perform two incision, four compartment fasciotomies, and then repeat the angiogram. Young patients with vascular injury have more compliant and spastic vasculature, and their tissues will tolerate ischemia, reperfusion injury less. A completion angiogram and low threshold for two incision, four compartment fasciotomies will often serve you well in the management of this subset of patients. On the exam, as in real life, if you think you should do fasciotomies, just perform them. So after you do this, the flow is now brisk into the foot. What would you do next? Next, I would close the surgical incisions. I would plan to leave the fasciotomy sites open with wet-to-dry dressings. I would then continue the patient on a therapeutic heparin drip and follow the neuromotor and vascular exams in the ICU hourly. Why did you treat the femoral and popliteal vein thrombus? Well, treating the venous thrombosis in conjunction with the arterial transection improves the venous outflow of the revascularized leg. So treating the arterial injury alone may lead to complicated venous hypertension and potentially limb loss. Thank you for listening to Behind the Knife Premium Oral Board Review. Dominate the day. Be sure to check out our website at www.behindthenife.org for more great content. You can also follow us on Twitter at Behind the Knife and Instagram at Behind the Knife Podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a review. Content produced by Behind the Knife is intended for health professionals and is for educational purposes only. We do not diagnose, treat, or offer patient-specific advice. Thank you for listening. Until next time, dominate the day.